Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to write a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a leadoff home run. There is so much to Nashville baseball history when we go back to the 19th century and then we come into the 20th century and now 21st century. But all those subjects that are included in that, the Nashville Vols, Nashville Elite Giants, Tom Wilson, Greer Stadium, there are so many things to talk about. And I've covered a lot of things in a little over a year, and I hope you've enjoyed those. But one thing I really enjoy is where people ask me to fill in the holes. And I was asked a few weeks ago about Vols Incorporated. That's V-O-L-S comma I-N-C period. No, that has nothing to do with the University of Tennessee. But the National Baseball Club that played at Sulphurdale, that was a member of the Southern Association beginning in 1901 until 1961 when the league actually went out of business and the Vols and Sulphurdale sat silent in 1962 until being resurrected as a South Atlantic League team in 1963. That didn't go well, and the team went out of business and Sulphurdale, for the most part, sat silent until it was demolished in 1969. But I kind of wanted to fill you in. I'm not going to go all the way back to Nashville Vols ownership in 1901. It wasn't even called Nashville Vols in 1901 when the club was formed and the Southern Association first went into business. It was simply Nashville Baseball Club until Grantland Rice, as a sports writer for the Tennessean, did a contest for the team name and Nashville Volunteers. Because the Sulphurdale set in the proximity of the state capital, Volunteers was a great pick and it was often and lovingly shortened to Vols. But I want to bring you forward up to October 1, 1926, because this is when the decision was made to turn the ballpark around, and it, so, it, so it became a new era, if you will. So let me start with October the 1st, 1926. Rogers Caldwell and J.H. Jack Whaley, Stanley P. Horn, and Jimmy Hamilton purchased the Nashville Baseball Club, and they split 535 shares of stock. And the club had generated $80,000 profit during 1925. And although there's no published profit amount of 1926, at least that I can find, but even with attendance down to $135,000, the reported amount was still five figures and ownership was lucrative. Now, this new ownership group decided to turn Sulphurdale around so that it faced in an opposite direction and the setting sun would not be in the batter's batter's eyes, but be at their back. You know, there are no lights in those days, so the setting sun was trouble. And so when the ballpark was turned around, the trouble was for the outfielders. So I want to jump ahead a little bit again, because in March the 23rd, 1931, Bob Allen, who had recently controlled uh, the stock by outbidding Faye Murray, and Faye Murray will come back here in just a second, instructed his son, Edgar, secretary of the club, to deny use of baseballs, bats, or uniforms to unsigned players. Now, Bob 
Uh, Allen would later own Mobile and Knoxville, I think maybe even Little Rock. He got involved in several ownership groups. Don't hold me to that, but there are some of the clubs that he was became involved with. And undoubtedly, when he bought the Vols stock, he was a skin flit. He wouldn't even let the team use baseball's bats or uniforms if the players weren't signed. But just a few months later, on June the 20th, 1931, the name Faye Murray comes up again. Faye L. Murray, part owner of the American Association Minneapolis Millers, and Jimmy Hamilton, who you heard earlier on that stock purchase of 1926, purchased the Nashville Volunteers from Bob Allen. The purchase price is reported to be a $100,000, agreeing to pay the unpaid $52,000 bond on Sulphur Dale. So from 1926 through 1931, undoubtedly, it was not as profitable as some of the new owners had thought it would be because there's an unpaid $52,000 bond on Sulphur Dale. Now, Faye L. Murray, was a, a, he dealt in horses and, and lumber and ball clubs. He had previously tried to buy the Nashville team, and here he is as part owner of the Minneapolis Millers purchasing the Nashville Vols. Now, the team did not do very well. I think it did okay at the gate, but the team did not perform well on the field. But on November the 8th, 1938, a little over seven years after Murray purchased the club, he announced that Larry Gilbert, the veteran manager of the New Orleans Pelicans, is the new Nashville Vols manager and will become a part owner of the club. In fact, he became one half owner. Faye Murray purchased the half share of the ball club that Jimmy Hamilton owned. And Jimmy Hamilton was fine with it, probably made pretty good money. Faye Murray awarded that half share to Larry Gilbert to come here to Nashville. Now, the team had some immediate success for a couple of years, but on March the 4th, 1941, Faye Murray passed away, and his son Ted assumed his father's interest in the Vols, and I'm guessing in all of his business interests. Now, seven years later, September the 8th, 1948, Larry Gilbert's last game as manager took place the last game of the season in 1948. But in his 10 years, his teams had won eight league championships, including six consecutive titles with Nashville between 1939 and 1944. And as he had been from the day that he came to work for Faye Murray, he remained the vice president and general manager. And that would be an important piece of this leading up to Vols, Inc. On April the 16th, 1951, Red O'Donnell, who was an entertainment writer for the Nashville Tennessean, wrote in his column, April the 16th, 1951, Things I Hear, and it said John U. Wilson, Herschel Greer, Fred Hathcock, Vernon Williams, etc., scratching up moolah to buy Ted Murray's interest in the Nashville Vols. So there's some hint there that Ted Murray... Faye Murray's son was interested in buying. And on May the 23rd, 1953, without much fanfare, Knoxville Mayor George Dempster says he has three or four Knoxvillians ready to put up $400,000 to purchase Nashville's Southern Association franchise and feels Ted Murray is ready to sell his one-half interest, but Larry Gilbert is not. That's 1953. Almost two years later, January the 14th, 1955, Ted Murray, along with his business partner, Larry Gilbert, signs an agreement to sell to a syndicate represented by Fred C. Rule, president of F.C. Rule Construction. And Gilbert places a price tag of $300,000 on the sale. 
Now, while that is important is because in two years earlier, Larry Gilbert's not interested in selling it. And Mayor George Dempster of Knoxville says the price of the franchise is 400000 Now it's down to 300000 And just a few days later, 10 days later, actually, according to Nashville, Tennessean sports writer Raymond Johnson, Larry Gilbert says the franchise could still be purchased for $300,000. Now, it was May 21st, 1955. Surprisingly, Larry Gilbert sold his one-half interest for, get this, $125,000 and moved to his hometown of New Orleans. So Ted Murray owns it all now. But Murray bought it for a lot less than half of what the price tag was just a few months earlier. And then three years later, the ball team has its ups and downs, especially with attendance. And Ted Murray does too, because on November the 1st, 1958, it is published that he says, and I quote, I simply don't have the money to operate the club any longer. So there was some trepidation with Nashville sports people and also the fans that this ball club was going to go away. But to rescue the club on January the 15th, 1959, after putting together a proposal to purchase the ball club from Ted Murray, the franchise was sold to a group of local business people which included country musician Eddie Arnold and politician and Tennessee Secretary of State Joe C. Carr, and known as Vols Incorporated or Vols Inc., President Herschel Lynn Greer, a name that you heard earlier, that there was some interest in him purchasing the club eight years earlier by Red O'Donnell. The corporation sold $5 shares to 4,876 investors to keep the team in operation. Now, they sold certificates of stock. I have a couple. I remember my grandfather telling me about two or three $5 shares that he had that were just simply worthless. And it turns out later on they were not worthless because Herschel Greer and others kept the franchise alive for three more seasons. And then the Southern Association folded and there was no professional baseball in Nashville in 1962. But the club was revived for one additional season in 1963 as a member of the South Atlantic League, but at the end of the season, the owners shut the team down. Now, that's Vols Incorporated that continued to own just until the franchise folded. But my point to the stock, after everything was determined, there was no not going to be any more professional baseball at Sulphurdale. Ballpark was actually torn down in 1969. Anybody who still had their stock certificate of $5 could turn it back into Vols Incorporated and get your money back at full value. And after a few years, Herschel Greer announced that there was still $42,000 in Vols Incorporated bank account. And I'm guessing that they distributed that to the board of directors. I don't know. Anyway, that's kind of the story leading up to Vols Inc., Vols Incorporated. And of course, for 15 years, there was no pro ball until Larry Gilbert and the Nashville Sounds resurrected professional baseball in Nashville at Herschel Greer Stadium in 1978. That's the story of Vols, Inc. Hope you enjoyed it. I always like for people to contact me. Let me know what they want to hear. Uh, If you have a subject, you can certainly write to me at 262downright at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening.